we get to hear from JJ again and hear how Save Our Streets was born. And so there I am. I thought I was supposed to do it in 16 minutes or 16 days. And so I went back to my neighborhood. Don't forget where you came from. You know, I still got the sunset you free and I'm reading the scriptures like I can't get enough. I'm going to this holy roller church that my wife was calling and <laughs> she wanted to take, we're, we would literally get in, knock out, drag out fights because of, I was taking my kids to this Pentecostal church. God forbid. Catholic Pentecostalism, no, they don't mix. Ends of the spectrum. Opposite ends. Very opposite ends. And she would say, well, I want to take them to my church. And I'm like, you're going to go into a cry room where they have all these babies. You're not going to hear what the priest is going to say here. JJ's going to be running around, little Jay. And Josh is going to be in the little deal. You're going to have to be watching him more than you're watching Jay. And nobody over here, Jay gets to learn a lesson. He gets to bring you home a coloring thing that he learned about Jesus. Josh, just be taking care of him. Make sure he gets changed his pampers and he gets fed. This is a much better place. Mm -hmm. And it was a knockout drag out. And God, at the beginning of that year, began to tell you, man, I want you to do this full time. Like, do what? <laughs> and I kept on hearing full time, full time. And you're, you've time. made this promise that things wouldn't get cut off, and you're like... So what am I supposed to do? I can't hold down a job. I don't have a job. And, and the first thing I did is I went back to my neighborhood. And I went back to my old, where I used to hang out at, and I still have some friends where my daughter's mother used to live. Uh, was a real bad area. Um, her family still lived there, and... There were still issues in that home like that. And so I go to that home and there's people hanging around and people hadn't seen me in a while. And some of these little young cats were hanging around and I'm looking and I see these bandanas hanging out. And I see these kids carrying these big old Uzis and I'm like, what in the world? And I started finding out that there was gangs in my city. And I said, man, this is not L.A. This ain't New York. This ain't Chicago. This is Brian. <laughs> the heck is going on here? And I snapped. Don't forget where you came from. So now I'm going, okay, what's happening? So in 1993, there was over 50 gang-related shootings and two deaths in 1993 in Brazos, in Bryan, and Bryan, Texas alone. Of course, College Station says there's no problems in College Station, but I can take you to some issues mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and some situations, mm -hmm. but we're the bad people. And so I started having gang truce meetings. I started bringing these gangs. I started going out to reach to these gangs. Some of them thought I, some of them thought I was a narc. And I was posing as a preacher. It's for some of those kids, they, their parents knew me. Said, "No, I don't think that dude's the law. I think he's he might be for real." 
Maybe y'all need to listen to them. And I was in a couple of those shootings that happened. I was there when bullets came flying. So I was taking the same risk they were taking. Trying to reach them. Trying to reach them. But I didn't realize it. I had so much peace. I even had one of them come after me and was going to beat me up in front of everybody. And he, man, he, he was coming. His veins were popping out. Get out of here, man. He ain't nothing but a mine. Da, 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 man, he don't come out here. He was coming at me, and I was like, Lord. And I had a Suburban that I had to borrow. I didn't even own the vehicle. And I'm like, please don't let this nothing happen to this vehicle because I can't <laughs> afford to pay for this man for this vehicle. And I was standing on the running boards, and I didn't know what to do. And he was cussing, man, at the top. I said, God, stop this young man because I know that I can turn the other cheek, but I don't know how to do that just yet. You know, I'm just this much saved, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, if this kid comes at me, and this was no little kid, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, and then all of his gang were sitting on the porch, and I'm on the street, and and I said, stop him, stop him, Lord, please stop him. And like a wall, right in the middle of the deal, he stops. And, ah, and you know, you can't get an edge, word in edgewise. What are you going to say to this kid? So I'm thinking what I say, what I do, uh, 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 maybe tonight's not a good night. So I was going and visiting gang parties from these several different gangs. And I, this is my hood. This is my place. I can find you anywhere because I used to run these streets. If you wouldn't think you can fool me, I'll find you. And, um, and so he stops. And I remember he stops. And uh, I had a split second to say something. And with kind of the anger that I had to combat his anger that he had towards me, I said, man, Jesus loves you. <laughs> that was Ooh, not what man. you were thinking would come out of your mouth, right? <laughs> Why did that? Man, Jesus loves you, man. Get out of here. He started banging on the car. I'm like, all right, dude, okay, cool. I'm leaving. I remember I didn't put it in, in drive. I put it in reverse. And I must have took me a quarter of a mile draw backwards because I didn't know who was gangs. I didn't want to go up in nobody's name, uh, 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 drive, uh, uh, drive through or, or driveway. And uh, so I drove all the way back and I remember I started weeping. I said, God, is this what you're calling me to, man? They don't even, man, they, then this other guys that I was trying to minister to, I heard there was a, they were going to come shoot my house up and um, man, there's so many stories that I can tell you. Two weeks in 93, all of a sudden, there I'm having a Bible study at my house, and I'm inviting these guys, and they start showing up. Mm. The thing that I told my wife, so my wife's got the two little babies in the back room, trying to keep them quiet, while a whole living room full of Latin kings are in my living room, Listen to me. I didn't know how to do a Bible study. I gave them my testimony like six weeks in a row. And we talked about things, and they left, and they but they were coming. And they invited me to some of their stuff. They had even given me my honorary colors, which, okay, whatever that means. <laughs> they... And they so, looked up to you. That's what so that means. they knew yeah. that it was real, right? And they would call me when they had trouble, and then they would call me when the other gang and they were giving me numbers to other gang leaders 
So I would call them, and they're like, man, don't talk to us if you're talking to them. And it was a crazy, good, godly, heavenly chaos. But I was doing it by myself. And I remember towards the end of 1993, God started giving me a vision of a tent right in the middle of an intersection where one of my spiritual mentors, my spiritual dad, his name is Nicky Cruz. He's world-renowned all over the world. He said when David Wilkerson went to New York to preach to him, he went to where Dracula and Frankenstein dreaded. They wouldn't even come into that neighborhood. I was on that intersection, mm -hmm. and I put a tent right there in the middle. I used to, my daughter's family used to live across the street, and there was a store next to it. It was an open field, uh, and, and, and uh, God just told me to put a tent. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do there? And then this white man, I was always intimidated by white people that had education or had money. So this white man that heard of me and I don't know if I was going to church with him or not, comes to me and said, man, is there anything? What's God telling you, man? Mm -hmm. And I told him. Mm -hmm. And what I was doing, what are you doing? I started telling him. Uh, the mayor found out what I was doing. And I've got so many stories that I could tell you that went down that are in a book mm -hmm. that I hope to get out soon. And uh, I remember the mayor calling me in. And saying, Mr. Mayors, we, I, mean, I hear your name everywhere. I hear your name in the jails. I hear your name in the streets. I hear your name by police, my police officers. I hear your name. What are you doing? I said, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. He said, well, how are you doing what you're doing? Because you're doing something to hear your name. You're obviously making make an impact mm -hmm. on some kids that we don't, on some kids. And I said, well, I just give them Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noon. I give them beans and rice and Jesus Christ, and that's all I know. And he said, is there anything I can do for you? I said, yeah. Find me a job that I can get off at a decent time, and I can go to, I don't even have to make a lot of money. And God is telling me I want you to go full time. And I'm going to this crazy church. And I'm loving it. My wife is hating it. And he takes me upstairs. He said, fill out this application. And he told the lady, make sure he gets a job. Puts his name, mayor, mm -hmm. puts his name with three stars. Hire this guy. Mm -hmm. Find a place. They still haven't called me. <laughs> How many years ago was it? It's 93? Yeah, yeah, 20, almost 20 years. And he's out of office years. now. So, uh, so he's, I'm barely alive, probably. And so I'm, I'm, know I'm supposed to do this tent. And we were going to do it. We're in a college town, so you got to watch out for the football because that's the God around here. And, um, don't get me started. And so I'm, you know, going, okay, when do we do it? So we decided November 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, we'll go three days. We won't mess with anybody Sunday or Wednesday or nothing. We'll do it Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and be through with it. Well, that Sunday, what is November 1st? What is Sunday? That was going to be a Monday. So Halloween. Mm. We're starting a revival almost on Halloween. Yep. 
So I got this. So, so this white man takes me before we get there. Anyway, he takes me. and goes, well, I'm going to gather some people. We'll have a conference at this, at this, um, the bank. He was on the board of this bank. And now I'm in this bank and I'm going, am I in the right place? I'm intimidated. What am I going to say? I don't feel like I have the right words. I don't have no money. And so they sit down. They said, so tell us what's going on with you. So I told them, and I don't know who was all sitting there. And we're in this conference room, and I told them I'm supposed to do a tent. They said, well, who's going to preach it? I'm like, I don't know. Do you have a worship team? No. Do you have any money? I'm like, uh. and then I really run into one out the place. I said, no, I don't have any money. I just have a vision. And I'm being obedient. And I'm, I'm just trying to do what God's telling me to do. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, let's get on the phone and find out what a, what a, what a tent costs. Mm-hmm. And so I said, but these kids are shooting at each other, man. Some of them are trusting me. I've done some gang truce meetings. The schools let me borrow their gymnasium to do these uh, truce meetings. Anything to stop the violence. And... So then we're there, and they call, well, what, how big of a tent do you need? And they, they said, they had all these different sizes. And I said, I don't know. Pick the minimum one, the one that can fit about 200 people. It don't have to be real big. 200-something people, I think it would fit. And they said, well, that would be $1,000 for three days. It's 1000 well, more than well send, you, you might as well send 10000 mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. So it's $1,000. I'm like, well, where are we going to get that from? I don't know. I said, well, you're going to need electricity. So what would that cost? They were, so they were trying to add up. And all I can hear was ching, 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 and I don't have that money. And right when we were talking about those things, this man passes by, the older man. And he sticks his head in and he waves. And I could tell he was an important man. Didn't know that he was the owner of First National Bank. Mm -hmm. And actually this town was named after him. But I didn't know who that was. Mm -hmm. So he passes by. And he goes and he's there about 15, 20 minutes. And then he comes back. And we're all adding up. And it keeps adding up. How many porta potties do you need? And they're tr- trying to figure out. And uh, what about insurance? What if somebody gets hurt? Whose land is it? We need. So they're calling all these people. And I'm going. Oh my God, uh, what's wrong with just put a tent, man? Was, all God said was a tent. That's all he told me. <laughs> yeah. And then this man comes there and he said, "Listen, I don't know what y'all talking about in here, but I never start my day without prayer." He said, and I get at my desk and I start to pray. And then I start my day. I said, and I was praying and I don't know what in the world y'all are needing or what y'all talking about. But whatever it is, God told me to give y'all this. And he slid a $1,000 check. Mm -hmm. And I just started weeping. And then this guy said, well, I'm an electrician. I'll just go ahead and donate the electricity. Mm-hmm. He said, well, let's just see how much support party. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll put in. He said, I'll go in with you. So by the time we left there, we had it paid off. Mm-hmm. So now comes October, 
and it is you can go back and look at the weather it was the coldest and mm-hmm. it was breaking records and then it started to rain I put a little tent inside there and spend the night in the tent because I didn't want nobody coming and mm-hmm. ransacking the place and tearing it up and then next thing you know we owe more than what we rented and people knew me anyway on that side of town so if they knew I was in there, so I had lights on, and I remember December 31st, I called together uh, this young lady named Miss Carmen that we used to go to school together, and that was her best friend that I got pregnant, mm-hmm. and I used to sell drugs to her ex-husband, and she didn't like me, mm-hmm. And but I said well, she came to the tent revival, wanted to see what God was doing, and... Uh, Next thing you know, this monsoon with cold weather comes through. And I'm like, great. Ain't nobody going to show up to this thing. Well, when God does stuff, he does stuff right. And it doesn't, nothing stops him. Mm-hmm. And the place is packed. Gang members and drug addicts and everything from there. They want to know what's going on. They want to see what J.J. Ramirez about. I ended up getting my pastor at the time to preach it because I didn't believe I was a preacher. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have a name for the ministry. And the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit falls on the place like I've never felt it before. Mm-hmm. Every night there was drugs, paraphernalia, and beer, and cigarettes, and drugs, and at the altar, people were coming mm. to get saved and they were just throwing their stuff. That's how strong the presence of God was in that place. And then I don't know who called, but then we ended up baptized. It was over 150 salvations of faith. And somebody said, why don't we get something that we can baptize, a trough or something we can baptize people in if they want to get baptized. So I said, you know, on Wednesday night, if y'all want to get baptized, Bring an extra pair of clothes and a towel. And we didn't know how we were going to do it. And well, it's freezing. And it's freezing and it's cold. I'm like, <laughs> good God, how are we going to do this? So Aldersgate, the, mm. Mr. Wyatt at the time knew, went to Aldersgate, and he was on that board too. And and they he, have a, a movable. A, a portable baptistry. Yes. We'll get that one, and it's got a heater to it. Mm-hmm. And we'll hook up the heater, but that needs 220 plug. So now we have to go find 220 and they find 220 and we can heat up anyway it all worked out but it's shaped like a coffin mm-hmm. all my it, friends yeah. are making fun of me <laughs> because I'm in this thing and they thought I was going to come back in a few months and the next thing you know I'm driving down the road with a coffin down in the hood and they're looking at me like okay now what is he on and uh and what's we, he asking us to do? <laughs> we ended up baptizing 78 people in the cold and the rain. We were going to only go two, three days. They, want, they didn't want to stop. They didn't want to stop. We ended up going till Friday. And then on Wednesday night, though, somebody called the KBTX, our local news station, and they came out and wanted to do a story. 
And I said, no, I'm not going out there. I don't want these guys to think that I'm doing this for any other reason besides that I love them. And this is an honest God sent thing going on that's going on here. I don't want them to think that I want to make a name for myself or I'm a narc or whatever. I already got enough trouble as There's it is. There's no ulterior motives. And they wouldn't leave without talking to me. So I went out there and I talked to them and asked me, what do you plan to do? And I gave them the vision that God gave me. Mm-hmm. I want to have some classes. I want to do some build, building. I want to break the cycle of drug addiction and all the gangs and stuff. And so then I had a group of pastors call me and said, you know, we want to meet with you. We saw what was on TV. And so I met with a group of pastors and I said, you're reaching people we can't reach. And they said, are you, do you have a name for the ministry? And I'm like, no. What ministry? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I'm just talking they to said, people. I'm and, sharing the Lord, yeah. And they said, well, they started telling me, they said, do you have a, have you ever thought about a 501c3? I said, man, are y'all cussy? <laughs> because I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And there was a lawyer and he's still on our board today. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know what, man, I'll, I'll do the article. You got to name it. And I remember naming it, say, I want to save our streets. That's what I, what's your plan? To save the streets. Save our streets, ministries. Okay, good. We wrote that down. So, so now, all that came true. The number that I had to my phone that I told my wife would never get cut off again is now the ministry's number. Because the ministry started getting so big so fast Guys were coming to my house. I was getting phone calls at all hours of the night. And my wife was like, the phone could be right next to her. She wouldn't answer it. She goes, it's not for me. You pick it up. I said, well, at least can you bring it to me, please? Mm-hmm. And we had that going on. It wasn't long after that God showed my wife that my wife ended up getting saved mm-hmm. and getting her heart right with Christ and, uh, because she saw she that it saw was real. It was real. She knew that some of the things that happened around us before, I would have. She couldn't. She didn't even imagine what I would have done. She knew I would have done something crazy she in certain situations, but she saw how gentle I was with my boys mm-hmm. and how much I was trying to love her. And, and I remember one day going to church and I wasn't going to go in front of nobody. But we were getting into arguments. And I remember God was telling me, go full time, go full time. And I'm like, I don't know what else to do. And I remember going up to the altar at that church, at that Pentecostal church. And they had these benches. And I just went and knelt. And I just began to weep. I couldn't take it anymore. I was fighting my wife. These guys were trying to fight me and spitting on me and doing crazy things. And and I'm like, I just, God, I, I need my wife, you know. And he said, he said, son, I didn't just call you. I called her too. I said, man, do you know my wife? You're calling me to something. She's giving me a hard time. She said, but I want you to take your hands off of her. And I said, God, I've never put my hands. I don't believe in that. I said, I thought about it. 
So please <laughs> forgive me for even thinking about it, if that's what you're talking about. He said, no. Every time she does something wrong, you use my word to correct her. Mm. Get your hands off of her. Back off. Because I called her too. I got up, and the church had already been dismissed. I was at the altar that long. Mm. And so the, the nursery people were in the back. They're now my best friends. <laughs> and it was their daughters, and they were helping them with the nursery. And, then, and so they had my boys back there. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They go, no, man. We knew this was of the Lord, so mm -hmm. you take your time. It's so exciting to hear how Save Our Streets Ministry began. Don't forget, if you don't have a Bible, email me at laurythedisciple at gmail.com and I will send you a New Testament. My name is Lori, and I am a disciple of Jesus Christ.